Hey, this is Jasmine Savoy Brown from For the People, and you're listening to The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of The Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, Adrian. I A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the man cave, your host, Elias. Jasmine, welcome to the cave. Thanks for having me. How, how are you? What's new with you? I'm good. What's new with me? It's nonstop raining in LA. And that's kind of weird, <laughs> but I'm liking it. I'm enjoying yeah. it. There you go. So uh, you've been busy the last few years. You've done a few shows: uh, The Leftovers, Stitchers, Grey's Anatomy, and now you're on For the People. And we'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, first, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you originally from? I'm originally from, well, I was born in Alameda, California, and then moved to Springfield, Oregon when I was about three months old with my mom, and that's where I grew up, and Springfield is, Springfield, Oregon is the home of the Simpsons, although people like to argue about that, it's (laughs) fact, and it's also used to be the meth capital of the world, so there's some fun facts. (laughs) Um, It's beautiful. It's very green and luscious and very rainy. And, yeah, it, it's a very beautiful place. Okay. How was it growing up there? It was um, mixed. It's very, very Caucasian. And if you research the history of Oregon, it's pretty racist. And that's just very embedded in the DNA of Oregon and a lot of Oregonians, even though they aren't aware of it. So growing up anything but white there sucks and then growing up mixed in a town with only a few other mixed or black people definitely had its challenges and could be very frustrating at times but that aside just the the nature and the access to lakes and rivers and hikes and waterfalls that was wonderful so it was kind of just a ping pong back and forth of terrible and wonderful yeah so I assume, I assume uh, the difference between that and L.A. is like you have more fresh air in Oregon than you do in L.A., right? Yeah, <laughs> way more. Oh, my gosh, I miss it. <laughs> so so as a, as a kid, what were you into? Well, so I always, always loved performing. And since for as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a performer. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a singer. I thought about dancing. I actually played the violin for several years and I was very good at that. But then of course in high school with budget cuts and such, you can't do everything. And so I had to pick and I picked theater and choir and I gave up the violin and French, which is still just so sad to me because how often in a day am I using the Pythagorean theorem? Never. Like, why did I have to take so much math? Even though I was good at it, it just does not serve any purpose at all. Um, yeah, I was just very into performing and the arts and being outside. And when I was eight years old, my aunt and uncle bought me and my mom tickets to see The Music Man, the traveling Broadway production at our local theater, the Holt Center in Eugene. And that was the de- that was when I made my official decision. Like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to be an actor. It was when I was eight years old. Wow. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty impressive, you know. Most eight-year-olds, they you know, they just want. Oh, I just want to be with my dog, you know, or I just want to do this. Yeah. And you, right away, you knew what your path was. 
Oh yeah, no doubt. So while you were in, I assume while you were in high school, you were taking the classes and everything. So after high school, what was the next step that you did in your life? So when I was in high school, I had auditioned for several musical theater programs around the country and I didn't get into any of them. I got into one um, and it was the one where I had trained the summer before for musical theater camp, but they were a new school. It was Cap 21 Conservatory. And so they didn't take um, the FAFSA and other government scholarships that I couldn't afford to go. So college wasn't an option, even though that's what I wanted. So instead I moved to Portland because I figured it would be smarter to start in a, in a bigger city than where I grew up, but smaller than New York or, or LA right out of high school so that I could save some money and learn the industry and take some acting classes. And when I was in Portland, I got an agent in Portland and an agent in Seattle. And I spent the year in acting classes and auditioning and also nannying for two different families and assisting wardrobe stylists. So I was just working, 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 working my butt off. And um, when you're an actor, if you want to be in the Screen Actors Guild, which is the union that gives you health care and protects you and also gives you access to bigger movies, like if you want to be in a Marvel movie, if you want to be on an ABC show, if you want to do all these bigger things that pay way more, you have to be in the union. And when I had finally done enough jobs to join the union, it didn't really make sense for me to stay in Portland where there weren't that many opportunities. So after living in Portland for 13 months, I believe it was, I made the drive down to LA with $2,000 in my pocket and I just figured it out. Wow. How, how long have you been in LA for now? A little over five years, 14, 16, 17, 18. Yeah, it was five years last November. <clears throat> now, have you done any theater work like in New York? Did you go back and forth between L.A. and New York? I did some little overnight, like 24-hour theater okay. thing in New York, but that's it. I haven't been I've, – I've gone to New York for a few callbacks and a few auditions, but I haven't done any theater there yet. But I've done some in L.A. Yeah. So what was your first gig that you landed when you went to L.A.? When I went to L.A., it was a two-line part, a two-line co-star on The Fosters, which okay. was that ABC show about the foster family. It was, it was Gossip Girl number two. And <laughs> I said, like, no way, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do I, so how did you end up on The Leftovers as your first major role? Yeah, so that was at a crazy time in my life. I've been here for uh, 15, 30, 40, 50, almost, I think about two years. And I was working a graveyard shift job, and my roommate and I had bed bugs at the time. So we just got rid of our couch and our beds and all of our stuff. We'd gotten rid of it. So we were literally sleeping on our hardwood floor for a couple of months, just like blankets. My car had broken down. Like it was at the peak horrible time. But I just, I, but, but it's funny because I was really, really happy because I, despite all of that material stuff going wrong, I was here in LA doing what I wanted, pursuing my dream. And I, I was really just happy doing that. And it was in that time that I, booked the leftovers um and it was just i'll never forget the feeling i had when i 
got the email that told me I had an audition and I was reading the the sides, the pieces of the script that they sent. It just yeah. spoke to me deeply and I just I just knew I was like this part is for me and I think I had two auditions and a chemistry read and then I was there just a few months later and everything kind of yeah. changed after that. How was it being on a show like that? It was incredible. I it was kind of it's kind of bad that it was my first big experience because it was so wonderful that now I compare everything to that and <laughs> most things aren't like that. <laughs> so it kind of set me up to expect amazingness all the time and that's not the case. It was wonderful. Working with Regina King was just out of this world. She is obviously an incredible actress, but also just the kindest person and she's just so funny and so loving. And working with Kevin Carroll, and I think I—I I don't think I ever shared the screen with Anne Dowd, but I spoke to her on set, and she was lovely. And Carrie Coon, just everyone was just lovely. Hmm. So it's funny. My wife is a huge fan of Grey's Anatomy. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Oh yeah, that was that was crazy. So first of all, I. I genuinely feel like that was one of the worst auditions of my life. I was like, wow, <laughs> this casting office will never call me back. Like, I just, it was a lot of medical jargon, and I felt like I kept stumbling, and I didn't think I looked old enough. I just thought it was all wrong. And then I think it was later that day they called, and they said, you got it. Um, and it was it was really fun. It felt really cool being on this iconic show and being surrounded by these badass women who've been working for so long and it was very if you've seen that episode that i was on it's very 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 fast paced and thank god that i drilled my lines because she the director just wanted them faster and faster and faster and faster to the point that i didn't know if i was even saying the words right <laughs> but that's what they wanted and it was it was an awesome experience and then obviously it opened up doors for me in shondaland and led helped lead to the show that i'm on now yeah <clears throat> so Speaking of the show now, tell the listeners um, about the show, For the People. Yeah, so For the People, which is on Thursday night at 10 p.m. on ABC, <laughs> we're about to, the second season is about to air, and it follows six young lawyers, three prosecutors, and three federal public defenders in the Southern District of New York, which is the most high-profile trial court in our country. They're the ones that have been dealing with a lot of the stuff we've seen in the headlines having to do with our political justice system and the White House and all of that stuff going on lately. It's it's a big deal. And the show follows three lawyers on each side as they navigate that world and figure out who they are as people and just their relationships. And it's it's a really wonderful show. Yeah. So, so what drew you to this project? Well... It was, it's Shondaland, and I have great, I always had great respect for Shondaland. I watched a little bit of How to Get Away with Murder and some of Scandal and Pieces of Grey's Anatomy. And um, I, I knew that their world is very diverse. And not, I'm not just talking ethnicity, but in regards to the stories they tell, they tell great stories from the female perspective and they include different sexualities and all different sorts of people on screen. And I thought it would just be such an honor to be a part of that legacy. And then also reading the script, I just fell in love with 
the writing and the characters and specifically my character, Allison, and her friendship with her best friend, Sandra, who was played by Britt Robertson. And I felt like this friendship is a reflection of my female friendships. It's an accurate depiction of what that looks like. No backstabbing and lying and cheating on with each other's boyfriends and all of that drama that's so stupid. It's realistic and messy and beautiful, just like other friendships in um, other female friendships in the Shondaland world. And I also just thought it was so timely, the political stuff that it deals with our political justice system and i thought i would have a lot to learn from it so there was a lot that drew me to it yeah so uh two questions uh tell us about the audition first and then did you how did you prepare for the role did you read extra books on about law that sort of yeah yeah so the audition i was actually driving to ojai for a, a playwrights festival i was going to go act in this Playwrights Festival, it's like a one-week camp, basically, and you sleep over, and it's awesome. And as I was driving up is when I got the audition, and the audition was the next day. So I drove up, got settled, woke up the next day, did the read-through of everyone, drove down, and my my um, and it went, it went really well. So I had a first audition, and then I had a callback, and then I had a chemistry read with Britt, who plays Sandra, and... Ben Rappaport, who plays Seth, which is the boyfriend of my character, and it just it just clicked. I every every job I booked, I had a certain feeling when I first read the script, and then there was a certain feeling in the room. This just sort of chemistry with the creators that I felt there, and preparing for the audition, I didn't want to over prepare, so I I um. I memorized the lines and I let it sink in into my body and I kind of just then left it alone. I didn't want to overdo it or make something out of it that it wasn't. I thought, I know this so naturally. I just get it. I'm going to just go in with that. And it worked. And um, preparing for the role, yeah, a lot of research. Mostly for me, podcasts because I'm in or or audiobooks. Uh, being in L.A., I spend so much time in my car and I can't read while I'm driving. So it's a great way for me to get information. But then also, yeah, some books and just paying attention to the news and asking questions of my co-stars and of our showrunner, but just constantly absorbing information about the things I don't know. And that's still the ongoing process for me in regards to that stuff. So so tell us about your character, Allison Adams. Yeah, so Allison... Adams, as I said, she is best friends and roommates with Sandra Bell, played by Britt Robertson, and they come from two very different backgrounds. Allison comes from a privileged background. Her mother um, is the president at a prestigious school, and uh, she just comes from money and privilege and um, accessibility to whatever it is that she wants or needs. And despite growing up that way, she just always had this inner compass that that pointed her towards the people who had less and she wanted to give back and and help and this is her way of doing that of becoming a public defender but also she she is aware she becomes more aware throughout the first season how much her privilege has um kind of influenced her perspective and the way she sees the world and 
So you see throughout the first season that she has a, a few clients, but one in particular that really opens her up to that and reveals to her how much she has to learn and exactly how much privilege she has. And it, it was cool to play that and to see that that change on screen. If Allison was real, would you be friends with her? Yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> I feel like I couldn't really afford all the places she goes out to eat, but I would be friends with her. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite scene that you've been on the show so far? That you, that you a favorite scene? Yeah. Yeah, in season one, um, there was this scene. I think it was in episode six. It was four or six where Sandra and Allison are sitting outside on their special bench together and um, – Allison is just breaking down. She's realized that she's not as great as she thought she was and that this is going to be a lot harder than she thought it was going to be. And Sandra just lifts her up. And it was, I, I love the scene because it's so true to what I know about my friendships with my um, female friends, the way that we can go to each other with what, what hurts and what's hard and be there for each other. But then also shooting it, I loved because... Britt and I were still getting to know each other, but we already had a connection and we just got the scene and it was really fun to just explore it together. Hmm. So I read online, you've also done some voiceover work and recently you did one for Lego Star Wars. How was that? Yeah, oh, it was so fun. It was a dream come true. I grew up watching Star Wars and loving it and I've auditioned for all of the movies that have come out recently. <laughs> and so this was my way of getting into that universe and it was it was a blast yeah what uh did you so you enjoy doing the voiceover work would you do it again oh totally yeah i'm i'm doing a couple other things right now that just haven't been announced yet but that doing the lego star wars definitely opened up a door and now i'm starting to do more of that hmm. so uh, in the acting world who are who are some of your influences oh man well i love viola davis i have <clears throat> for quite a while. Um, what I love about her is that she she isn't confined to just one medium. She's done fantastic plays on Broadway and obviously she can do TV and also she's uh, she does movies. She does it all. And um, uh, just every interview I've seen with her, she's just so eloquent and smart and I just think she's an amazing actor. So Viola Davis and I, I'm a huge fan of Susanna Flood, who's on For the People. She plays Kate. I actually saw her in a show in the Cherry Orchard on Broadway a few years ago, and I kept that playbill. And I remember thinking that she was the best part of that show, and she was just someone I wanted to watch. And so then working with her has been a dream. And there are many more, but those are the first two that yeah. popped to my mind. So. Do you have a dream role that you want to play someday? I know you mentioned Star Wars, but it was, do you have like a certain role that you just want to play someday that you hope you get your hands on? You know, I don't have a specific. I I think that there are, are many. I think that the real... I, yeah, I think the, the real dream role is to play um, a... A, a real depiction of a woman <laughs> complicated and messy and <laughs> not beautiful and, and just playing a part to highlight a, ma a man's role all the time. But also um, I have people I dream of working with. I would love to work with one man, Will Miranda. 
Um, Hamilton, obviously, is wonderful, but I was a fan of his long before that, and I I would love to do a musical with him, either on stage or on screen. So, uh, on the days you're not working, what's some of your favorite shows that you enjoyed watching? <laughs> Gosh. Currently, I'm watching Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. <laughs> <laughs> and loving it. Um, and re-watching The Office. There's just, there's so much on TV that I genuinely get overwhelmed. As an actor, it's great because it's more job opportunities. As a consumer, it really stresses me out. Um, so lately, actually, instead of TV, we've just been going to the movies a lot. Um, last night, we saw Fighting With My Family, and it was so good. I loved it. <laughs> and um, I don't remember what we saw before that. But, yeah, I'm watching a lot of movies. <laughs> so, um What's something that nobody has asked you in an interview that you wish people would ask you? Oh, wow. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good question. Um, uh, I am done. I literally, I do not know what the answer to that is. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of your hobbies that you do when you're not working that you just want to like mellow out and just not think about? Yeah. I recently started boxing and I do that about three times a week. And that's really great for physical health, obviously, but also mental health. Like it's just a good way to get frustration and anger out and to clear my head. I love going to see just live performance, whether that's theater or musical theater or someone singing or spoken word, just going and seeing people do their thing. And, um, I enjoy cooking. I don't get to do it that often, but I I enjoy it. Those are the, the main things. <laughs> do you have a bucket list for 2019? Something you want to accomplish? Yeah, I've been talking for a long time about um, songwriting and creating an album. And I've written a number of songs, a, a good amount um, over the years, but I haven't truly dedicated the time and energy and focused mainly on that. And that is something that that's, that's a goal of mine in the next year is to actually have an album written and recorded. That's nice. So uh, any other upcoming projects that you're allowed to talk about that you want to tell the fans? I don't think so. I, I know that I'm, I, I'm in a video game that's coming out this summer and they've announced the game, but they haven't announced the cast. And so I don't know when I'm allowed to talk about that. <laughs> but this summer I have a video game, so watch out for that. <laughs> All right. And lastly, uh, how can the listeners find you on social media? Yeah, my Instagram and Twitter are the same. They're both at Jasmine, spelled J-A-S-M-I-N. There's no E. And then Savoy, at Jasmine Savoy, S-A-V-O-Y. All right, Jasmine, this was fun. Thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Keeping me
You're keeping me awake You're leading me astray this time You sterilize in your ways And never liberate me You never 